Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I am so glad you're here, and I'm also so glad to be here myself. I've been away for a few weeks to do some much-needed self-care. I'm sure you've all had the experience of just being completely overwhelmed by life, and I found myself there. It wasn't an easy decision to take a few weeks off, but I just I wasn't able to provide the podcast content and the interviews that you deserve. So I took a break. Uh, But the important thing is that we're back and I have the most amazing conversation to kick us off. A little housekeeping before we get there. I'd love it if you'd join me on Instagram and Facebook. It's your chakra coach. Uh, It's the best way to get in touch with me. Let me know what you need, what you'd like to hear about. And if you've been listening to the show a while and you like what you're hearing, I'd really appreciate you rating and reviewing your chakra coach on your listening app or platform. It helps other people find the show and it gives some credibility to know that you are enjoying it and that you find it valuable. I like to think there are people who need this information and you can help them find it. So if you have a moment, please give the show a nice rating. I'd really appreciate it. So today, my conversation is with psychic medium, Isabeau Maxwell. She is so great, and I just loved our connection and our interaction. Isabeau, or Bo Maxwell, is a professional medium and a leading spiritual coach in intuitive development and empowerment. She's the founder of the award-winning intuitive development course, The Sage Method, and the author of the best-selling book, Cracking Open, Adventures of a Reluctant Medium. She spent the first portion of her life (laughs) as a scientifically focused skeptic. And one eye-opening event, which we will go to in the podcast, back in 2005, engaged her on her spiritual journey. Today, she works with amazing students around the globe to help them open their natural intuitive abilities and live their fullest life. We talk today about her journey to becoming or discovering her psychic mediumship and some ways that you can start to tap into your own natural abilities. Bo is phenomenal, and I think you're going to love her just as much as I do. Bo, thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you doing? I am fantastic. I've been looking forward to connecting with you and everything just lined up for us. Unbelievable. I We, we just met and we knew, like I would say in the first 30 seconds that this was, that this was a thing, that it was going to oh, happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just lined up and fell right into place. And I just, I feel like the universe really has a a plan for this conversation and I can't wait to find out what it is. (laughs) Let's go on this ride. This should be good. I like it. Well, Bo, you are a psychic medium. And so before we find out 
anything about you. What's a psychic? What's a medium? What's a psychic medium? Are they all the same? Are they all different? Could you please provide me some clarity? Everyone has their own little spicy different flavor, but yeah, every everyone's different. Everyone's intuition is different. I would say that psychic and medium are are two great larger categories for somebody to understand how information is coming to them or through them or for somebody who's going to go get a reading you know how is this person communicating what's happening for them and in general so if you've got the general umbrella of intuition underneath that you're going to have psychic and medium psychic is somebody that taps into the energy of a person a place an experience a thing Whereas a medium has a conversation with another soul, meaning if, and this is the running joke because I lean very much toward medium and I have, everyone can do all of it. <laughs> it's oh, just we're going to talk about strengths. that. Yeah. And my, and my strength is definitely mediumship. So my joke is with my friends, if, if I lose my keys, I can't just like tune into where they might be like a psychic could I have to wait for someone from the other side to be like they're over there and that's happened to me it that's happened to me so psychic and medium is like when you have curly hair and you wish it was straight when or if you have straight hair and you wish it was curly that's what I see in the spiritual realms with people is whatever they tend to lean toward they go oh I'd love to be able to do the other one more but <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's always a grass is always greener situation it it always is it always is but here's the thing if you've got curly hair you can straighten it if you've got straight hair you can curl it so I do have psychic moments but yeah psychic can just sort of step into the energy of something whereas a medium it's a conversation Interesting. Like a, like a one-on-one -on -one conversation or a one on, uh, you know, a couple of different, but it's a specific individual with a medium rather than a broader like sense. Would you things like clairvoyance and clairaudience tap into that? Is that part of the psychic umbrella then? Clairvoyance, clairaudience is speaking to how intuition, which is the sixth sense utilizes the other five senses in order to deliver the information it's trying to give to you. So it's it's like information which is invisible, which we, we can get into the in-between and the, and the solid and what's in between the solid, but information that comes from the not solid will trigger your nervous system in order to, to deliver a message to you into the solid world through a smell, a sight, uh, a sound. And so the clairs really are describing how your intuition comes through with the most ease. Okay. So it sounds like we have a lot of different words to help us understand how we're getting our messages. That's sort of the broad idea. Um, yes. A medium gets their messages through another soul. A psychic gets it through tapping into energy. A clear audience gets it through hearing something um, either in their own heads or from outside. And so we just have a lot of words to describe the effect of our intuition in our bodies. Yeah. So a great analogy for this is if the person that you, if you were the intuitive and you were going to do a reading for a person, the analogy would be that the person is a, a very large body of water, like a lake. And you, the intuitive would take your clear strength 
So let's say that you're strongest with seeing. So you're, you're clairvoyant. You would take your clair strength. You'd walk out to the end of the dock. If you were psychic with clairvoyance, you could jump into the lake, swim around and just explore whatever you want to explore. If you were a medium with clairvoyance, you would walk out to the end of that dock and wait for a boat to pull up with a deceased individual or a guide. And then they would let you get in the boat and then they would bring you where they want to bring you. So both of these are using clairs. The psychic is seeing things within the body of water. The medium is seeing what the spirit or guide is showing them. Uh, and so, yeah, these are, these are terms that kind of, and you know what though, these terms like get us halfway there. They kind of, they get us halfway there. And, and once you really dive into intuition, you experience things that there are no, no terms for, and that's, that's where the fun stuff is. But yeah, if you're clairaudient, if you're a clairaudient psychic, they would jump into that lake and they would hear things in different areas. If you're a clairaudient medium, you would hopefully climb into the boat that show up, showed up and listen to what the guide says to you. So yeah, it's kind of, I think it's helpful for people to know that. Yeah, totally. Right? So they can start to feel what it, what is this feeling like? Is this feeling like I'm submerged in something or does it feel like somebody's saying something? And that's really where you start to learn if you're more psychic or medium. Fascinating. That's really helpful too. If you're thinking about going to get a reading, understanding what you're about to get, you mm -hmm. know, what are you looking for might help you determine who you should go see if you want to communicate specifically with a deceased ancestor. Somebody who identifies as purely psychic might not be your best bet. You'd want to go to somebody who leans more towards mediumship. So. Yeah, exactly. So if you really want to communicate or hear from someone, definitely look for a medium. If you want to get an understanding of what's going on around you energetically, uh, you know, go to a psychic. A lot of people are both. I will, I will say a lot of people are both. And in that case, what you have is a psychic medium who goes, who jumps into the lake and is floating in the middle and, and a spirit will come over and go, Hey, swim that way. It's important. So there's, there's, it's a whole spectrum. Sure. Sure. Now you have, well, hmm, I was about to say you have not always been a psychic medium, but maybe that's not entirely accurate. You at the very least, have not always been in touch with your abilities. In fact, from what I know about you, you kind of denied that even existed, certainly within yourself, but in the whole wide world. And you now look at you. Yeah, I was clueless. Let's just say <laughs> it the way it was. I was clueless. I was seriously anchored into this material, solid human nothing happens after you die world so yeah i i started out completely in a different you know as they say yeah i'm switching sides now <laughs> like, so funny i i ended up going to a different place yeah i mean it. i think that happens to more people than probably we know but um how how did it happen to you for me i was in my early 30s and i do see a pattern of that as well with people. There's something about the thirties that I, I don't know. But I, I wonder I, if it isn't because like from a, a chakra perspective, you know, at a certain point you sort of come all the way up through your multiple seven year stages and you get to your crown chakra 
And that would be about like 28 ish, 28 to 32 is about when that wraps up. It's not precise, like everything, but I wonder if it's because at that point, or that is not a way to describe what's happening. You've sort of finished your development. And then in your thirties, you're like, Oh, hold on. There's something else. That's so cool. I've, I haven't heard somebody explain that, but man, it, it lands, it nails it right on the head because there's so many people I know that 30, 31, 32, for me, it was 32. And I was a complete skeptic. I have a math degree from college. I was, uh, I came out into this world as a little mini entrepreneur. I wanted to build things. It was, um, and I didn't have religion or spirituality. You know, I wasn't against anything, just go have your fun with that. That's cute. Like that's not real. So that's nice for you. That that was what I know. I was, I am happy to say that I'm a kinder individual today, but with that said, I was a complete skeptic and my grandmother was a couple thousand miles away from me. She was across the country and I had, we knew that she was passing. She was like my mom and I knew that, so I visited her, but I wasn't able to be there when she passed. So I get the phone call. I'm on the phone with the family in hospice during the moment. It was very beautiful. I hang up the phone. My family lovingly says, we're going to go to the grocery store. We're going to get you some stuff. I said, great. I'm standing alone in my living room. Unsure if, if I break down or do I get an airline ticket? Cause I'm a type a that can bottle up those emotions pretty well. And I, uh, all of a sudden she just showed up. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It was the middle of the day. I, in my living room, it was in front of me. It wasn't even off to the side. She was about 70% solid. So in the category of unmistakable, and I was scared. I was instantly scared. There was no hallmark feeling around this. It was panic. Um, and then she was only there for a few seconds, cheeky little lady, like winked and smiled at me and then disappeared which now I look back and I think very funny grandma, very funny, but she knew, she knew what she was doing. She was fun like that. And after she left, things started to happen that I thought I can't, uh, this is starting to get spooky and maybe I need that coupled up with grief. I said, maybe I need to really figure out if this is real. So I let myself accept the possibility And that's where the doors flew wide open. That's such an important part of it too, is just Mm -hmm. opening yourself to the possibility. Yes. Found in in my life when I said, I'm just going to admit there is far more in the universe that I don't know than that I do know. Then things that I didn't know started being revealed to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that I have a ton of answers now because I don't. In fact, I, do you feel like sometimes you have more questions now? Sometimes I feel like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think that's like a major first step is admitting that there is a possibility of mystery, which to me has always been very exciting. The idea that there are things, you know, as a kid, I was obsessed with like the Loch Ness Monster and all that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, because it was like the possibility of something unknown was so exciting. And it sounds like when you opened up those doors, all of a sudden, perhaps tendencies that had already been there were like, yes, thank you. We'll, we'll take center stage now. We'll take it from here. We'll, we'll move on with this. Yeah. So, it's, um, it was, it was stunning for me 
and it's a transformation for everyone. And I know sometimes when we meet somebody who is um, working as a medium or a psychic as a professional, it can feel like that person just turned it on and it's magical for them and it's perfect. And I feel really compelled to say to people as often as I can, I worked at it. I worked very hard at it. I was stumbling through darkness for a while there. And even though I saw her very solid, I didn't see her again for months. And I was working in, in a committed way to establish that connection. And that's, that's what really did it for me. But there was a couple, there's a couple breaking points in good ways that happen for people when they start to explore it, they start to see little signs of things happening. Those signs help to encourage them to use it more frequently and more often. And then eventually they start to experience manifesting. And then things start to happen in ways that you say, you can't even make that up. Like that was so strange. You can't even write this stuff. Like that's wild. What and did the signs look like? I mean, what, is, what does that even look like? How would you so, know? Yeah. Um, trying to think of if there's so many, see, and then at some point it just becomes natural that you become such an active manifester that you, you even have to kind of rein yourself back in a little bit around certain people who are not used to that vibe because they can't really hear the way that you think in time because you think with unlimited possibilities so you don't think in terms of blockages and that comes in time and then you find you have to kind of tame it down sometimes in different situations you're in i was at i did a banking such a very large banking situation for a house and i showed up on the day that we were supposed to handle it and she said okay good you got the money wired yesterday and i went oh no i didn't I didn't like, I didn't understand my fault. I'm sorry. I didn't wire the money yesterday. And she said, well, uh, we're, we can go ahead and wire the money now, but it's probably, we're not going to probably be able to finish this till tomorrow. Now I said, no, no problem. And in my head, I'm like, no, I'm going to wire it. And it's just going to happen. And she goes, cause, and so I said, well, maybe it'll come through. And, and she was like, no, it, it, it typically takes like a full day. And I said, okay, so I said, that's okay. Let's, let's go for, it. I wired it. And in my head, I'm like, no, it's just going to go right through 45 minutes later. She came in the room. She goes, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen in all these years I've done this, but it went through. Yeah. That's unheard of. So anyway, and I'm like, yeah, that's just what my life is like. Here's a fun one, a really fun one. Here's a fun one. I was traveling and we RV in the, in the United States, we travel and we RV. We love the outdoors. We got a big old RV. We were going from one spot to the next. And I said to my partner on the drive, towing the RV to the next campground, I said, I heard about these bars that you can go to that have axe throwing. I've never done it. I've always wanted to throw an axe. Let's do that. He said, great. Now I'm an active manifester. This happened last year. I'm an active, This it's just, I'm now used to things showing up that I asked for um, in their own unique ways. Got to the campground, went to bed, woke up the next morning. My partner was just like, wait till you see what happened. And I said, what? And he goes, the farmer market, the farmer's market showed up here. And he goes, and there's a mobile axe throwing unit. And I was like, hot damn, here we go. <laughs> so I got, I put my clothes on, grabbed my coffee, went out and threw axes. That's when you let go of how things have to unfold and you step into the acknowledgement that things are going, there's unlimited possibilities on how things can happen. 
stuff gets uh, really fun. I want to go back to the process that you had to go through between the initial seeing your grandmother, who sounds awesome, by the way, because <laughs> she absolutely she's, was like, oh, heads up, your life's about to take a hard left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what is what did your process look like? You said you were working very hard to, you know, become who you are now. And I would love to know where you even started. Right. You opened that door. But then you took stepped through it. And what did you do? So it was the next morning. My, my husband at the time said, I had this really very realistic dream about your grandmother, you know, last night. And this was what she was wearing. And he described to a T what she was wearing when I saw her. So that kind of, yeah, it spooked me, really spooked me out. And I said, okay, um, I, <laughs> And I say this with so much love now. And this, this man, uh, this Tai Chi instructor that I knew is a saint. I'm just going to say that right up front because I I've learned compassion and, and a lot of sensitivity in my life today, but I maybe fumbled back then. And I remember going to this Tai Chi guy. He was the only person I knew in spirituality, the only one. And I didn't even know him very well. And I walked up to him and said, you're the weirdest person I know. Can you help me? <laughs> People love to hear that isn't he this in the sweetest man? He was like, I can absolutely help you. He's, he's one of those people that will love you unconditionally. He knows that you're, you're finding your way. And he worked with me on yes and no. This is where I tell a lot of people to start work with yes and no intuition, ask yes and no questions. Your body will start to tell you the answers. You'll, you'll learn what yes feels like, and you'll learn what no feels like. And I, for months I did yes and no questions with my grandmother when I would feel and think I felt her around me, I would do yes and no questions. And I started getting messages that were undeniable. They came into fruition quickly. And I said, okay, I'm going to get brave and I'm going to go to a spiritual retreat. And I have never felt more out of my element ever. And also I have never felt more loved by everyone around me. And that was stunning to me. And I think that let my guard down. And as a result of it, it was at that retreat that I, I saw her again for the, for the first time. But what, I, what happened in a nutshell is I then met my first spirit guide and I lovingly call him big dog. He was my teaching guide. He taught me 95% of everything I still know today and about the spiritual world. And when he was done with me, I worked with him for about a year to two years. Mm. When he was done with me, I, my intuition was strong enough that I could step in and do professional readings, professional spiritual clearings. And it was at that point that he then said to me, I need you to bring this out into the world and show people, because if you can do it, they can. And his core message around intuition is is so accurate but it's what a lot of teachings out there have yet to talk about which is there's no one that is special with this there's no gift there's no special factor if somebody does not have access to their intuition it's because it is massively covered in emotional physical and environmental clutter but we don't know that and so we think oh we just don't have the gift and when you step into that act of inner healing, inner work, removing the clutter, your intuition just slams open. And it's really, it's really cool. I also think it's important to say that 
there are people who do not want you to know that anyone has access that want to keep it special that um feel very protective of their own skills and yes. uh and somehow want to create like a special class of people like this class is an intuitive class and the rest of you it's almost to create a dependence and yeah. i'm i'm very interested in sort of this new class of psychics and mediums who are saying no we all have access to this and people who are wanting to share what they've learned with the world and that is one of the things that i think really drew me to you is you were like listen <laughs> like if this math major can then mm -hmm. become you know like if i can go from somebody who was pure logic to somebody who's now you know not pure intuition but you know like really tapped in then let's all do it. You know, all of us can become kinder, more compassionate people. Like you were saying, all of us can tap into the wisdom of the people who have gone before us. And um, I appreciate that about you because I've talked to a lot of people who are like, no, no, it's just me. You're going to need to book a session with me. Um, got it. Got it. Yeah. My job is to make sure I don't have a job. Like, right. That's, that's some of the best job. advice I've ever gotten was Sarah, yeah. make yourself obsolete. Make yourself obsolete. Absolutely. And you're so kind to me. <laughs> I am a math major, uh, stubborn Taurus type A driven blinders on messy clutter human being. And yeah, if I can open up to the levels that I've been able to open up to, everyone can. So I took everything that he taught me. I've got all these journals and I condensed it down to like, I couldn't get it any shorter than seven weeks. Cause it's just, I, that was the shortest I could get it. And I got a bunch of clients together and said, can I use you as Guinea pigs? They said, sure. And this was like 15 years ago. And I witnessed all of them start getting information. They never thought they could get. And I, it was like candy to me. It was like Christmas. I was so excited. It was the best. And I went, this is it. This is my job. And I've now done that for years. And it's the coolest thing to see people figure out it's in there. It's usable. I can access it when I want to. And side effect, my life is better. Right, right. Which I think is, I guess it's almost surprising, but kind of not. If you think yeah. about it, right? Like tapping into the greater humanity will always make you kinder and more compassionate. When you start to sort of let down that illusion of separation, it's difficult mm -hmm. to not be kinder and more compassionate. So it's a seven week course or process. So obviously we're not gonna be able to go through all of it, but can you give me like a high level overview yes. of, of what that kind of looks like? Absolutely. The first couple, and it's a bit of a formula too. The first couple weeks is about figuring out what was your personal programming? reminding you that you came down here completely open. You landed in a certain spot in on this earth, certain parents, certain culture, and giving you the tools to navigate what your human existence required versus what your spirit resonates with. So it's going to take, it's, it's the first couple of weeks there of you really putting eyes on the programming that you were given and then in a very empowered way, taking what you, what works for you and setting aside with love, what doesn't. 
it's a very non-judgmental uh, process because we're definitely not going into therapy and blaming our parents in this one, but we are saying, you know, is this, what, what am I supposed to be doing? What works and what doesn't? From that, the middle couple of weeks are based on understanding how all of this works. Like that lake analogy I gave you is one of 7 million analogies I have. That's just the way I teach. And, you know, if you can understand earth energies, the in-between, the other side, uh, psychic clouds, thought process, how all of that connects with intuition and then how intuition connects with the five senses. If you can understand that and grasp that in addition to guide communication, I feel like you, you can drive the car better if you know how the engine works. And then lastly, there are these really uh, interesting and very specific experiments to walk through for you to figure out which Claire, how fast, how do you hold yourself? How does your intuition uniquely flow through your intuitive channel? Because that's another block for a lot of people is they try to do it the way somebody else is doing it and then it doesn't work. I think a lot of people also teach it. They are like, this is the way I know. So I will teach you my way. Um, and yeah. they don't necessarily have a broad enough approach. And so like, yes, it works spectacularly well for the people that it works for. And for the rest of us, it doesn't work at all. And so to me, this sounds like it's a little bit more um, individualized or perhaps opens the the space for people to explore their individual intuition and expression of the intuition. Yes, it empowers people to get creative with themselves. It empowers people to try. It's it's fun because I've had I've had some students that I really resonate with. They're very much like me. And because I'm a very impatient type of person. And I've had some students come to me and be like, Do I have to try all these tools? And I'm like, Yeah, you do. You do. I'm sorry. You do. <laughs> half of them are gonna work, the other half aren't gonna work. And then your sister's gonna do it, and half of those are gonna work, but the other half aren't gonna work. And so, and then they laugh and then they start doing all the tools and they go, Okay, I didn't think that one would work, but you made me do it and now it does. And now look at what happened. So it's um it's a big old dressing room. It's a big trying things on. It's understanding how this this all works. So yeah, it's seven weeks because you kind of can't do it in one. Yeah, it's, it's not a weekend. But it's not a weekend, but it's it's really fun. That's not, it actually sounds like a lot of fun. You have a couple of tools that you you offer to people to help them sort of access their deeper intuition, which is what we're really talking about is how to open the doors to your own intuition. And you have a couple of tools. Um, would you tell us about, tell, tell us about first your favorite tool. What's your favorite tool to help people start accessing their intuition? Oh, I know. Did I just ask you to pick your favorite child? Isn't that? Yes. Can I'm you so see it sorry. I just see it on your face you, that you, you were just could. like, why would you phrase it like that? Okay. I take it back. Just tell me one that you like. Okay. There's <laughs> there's my two favorite children. Okay. Your two favorite kids. Okay. My two favorite kids. Let's talk about them. Uh, so the first one is GCP, which is ground clear protect. And this was given to me by my guides. And then I, I relentlessly remind my students to do this all the time because people, you can do it immediately. It's free. It's, it's just, it's a game changer. So GCP is ground clear protect in that order. You ground to mother earth. You imagine an element clearing out all the energies you're not supposed to be carrying or you don't need. 
and then you imagine a protective bubble coming up around you to protect specifically your energetic body from taking on what it's not supposed to take on. We are trained and programmed through life to help everybody else not take care of ourselves, to make everything better for other people, to not take care of it. And what happens is we, our hearts and our compassion energetically take in these energies of other people because we're trying to help, but now we're carrying them. Our energy body is really, uh, it's very interesting and we weren't taught to take care of it. We were taught to take care of the physical body, but not the energy body. And when you start taking care of the energy body, first off, uh, other people's emotions no longer affect you the way that they did before. Um, you're able, you find yourself reacting instead of responding. You are more able to fill yourself up energetically with more of what you want in life. And so manifesting becomes easier. Everything that happens to us happens in our energetic body before it ever hits our physical body. And when we're not aware of that, we walk around this life just caring so much. So I tell people, do this 60 seconds, once in the morning, once at night, all you're doing is an intention exercise, recognizing I am an energetic being and you're taking care of that so quick, so easy. Watch it for a week and watch how stuff shifts. Watch how things change. That is absolutely foundational. Number one, Ground but my other one, protect. so can I ask, ground, just I have one question. I told you I would have a million questions. No, go, 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 go. So yeah. ground connect to mother earth. And then yes. you said clear, imagine, visualize an element coming in and clearing. When you say in, imagine an element, do you mean like earth, air, water, fire? Do you mean yeah. like literally elemental type um, magic type? I'm literally just an element. So grounding, it can be as easy as just picturing your feet on the earth. Or you can make it intricate like tree roots coming out and anchoring into Mother Earth clearing pick the element that resonates with you best mm -hmm. if you love water imagine water pouring all the way through your system to wash it away water wind fire i have a, i have students that have fire just and burn up all the energies that they don't need anymore yeah so yeah it's definitely a creative what works best for you ground anchor would... mother earth clear imagine an element and... taking away what you don't it's why we cry in the shower Seriously, it's so yeah. healing. You know what I mean? Like we just release with water. So let let an element do that. And then protecting your space over time, people use different things. I know people that use pyramids, suits of armor, angel wings around them, but start with a bubble. Just start with a bubble that says, hey, I'm going to take care of my energetic body. And this will be another sort of opportunity to to do all of those experiments, to practice and see what works for you. Oh, hey, that bubble worked great. Oh, hey, suit of armor feels weird and heavy. Um, yeah. But, uh, so, you know, like a cloud feels great or whatever. So yeah. this is another chance for experiment. Okay, that is, I love that. And I love the idea of doing it intentionally, you know, upon waking, protecting yeah. yourself for the day. You're about to go out into the world, which doesn't necessarily want to take care of you. Exactly. I do it before I go into stores. I do it before I have certain conversations with certain people. Um, GCP is like standing in a crowded conference room full of people that you don't need to hear what they're saying. And you do GCP and it clears out 
everybody but the one person you need to listen to and that's your intuition that's kind of what gcp is like and when you don't know about your energy body when you don't know that you've been naturally collecting all this and you start doing this practice it will it, it will really stun you how much clarity starts to come to you it's it's striking what's your second favorite tool or your my other second, favorite <laughs> my other favorite kid um is defocusing. So here, and I don't know if it's just me, but this one, when it hit me, I just thought it was one of the biggest aha moments. And it's been that way for many students as well. When we are trying to get a piece of intuitive information, we search, but what we don't realize is we're searching in the physical. So all this material world is made up of solid molecules and the reality is what we're looking for is in between the molecules. What we're looking for is in the invisible. What we're looking for is what we can't see. And so my best example is when you see something out of the corner of your eye, because it's happened to all of us, we turn and we look and then we can't see anything because we our physical eyes are looking at a physical door, wall, table, chair. We begin searching. And when we realize that what we are searching for is in the defocused area. And we go, that's why I saw it out of the corner of my eye because your peripheral is defocused. When we realize this and we start to practice defocusing, we get more and more and more information. I have heard so many stories of people whose spirit guides, when they started to relax and defocus, their spirit guides kind of stepped in and went, finally, good okay, you can see me, let's connect. Because when your focus is on the material world, which it is normally and naturally, we just don't see as much. How do you even start defocusing? Do you just sort of relax and trust? I mean, do I just sit back and look at my peripheral? I don't even like, well, how do you start that? How do you start that? Easiest way is, is to start by being three or four feet away from like a blank wall something that won't distract you. And then practice bringing your gaze to the point that's right between you and the wall, right? So a lot of times you'll see a reader who, especially if they're a really good reader, you'll see them kind of stare off into the distance. Like they're just sort of glaze over. They literally are defocusing so they can connect with what they're trying to connect with, which is not in the solid. So sit between a, you and a blank wall and just pull your eyesight halfway halfway back so your eyes aren't focusing in um candle staring at candles flames um crystal balls you know they are the butt of so many great jokes but really there are people that use them really well so anything that gets you to stop focusing on the agreed upon reality mm. and onto source is is going to help tremendously do it like once a day for five minutes a day and then just yeah be because it's, it's like you said you were in a daily practice of learning how to do this and that is how you yeah. got quote good at yes. it yeah Bo is defocusing like those weird pictures from the 90s where you had to like let your eyes soften and then like it looked like nothing and then all of a sudden you're like oh it's a waterfall uh, yeah like, oh it's a ship yeah it's oh it's, it's a, a horse, horse. yes <laughs> oh we've both seen the horse one okay we've both seen the horse one <laughs> we've both seen the horse one yeah it's absolutely like that is 100 percent like that 
that makes me that makes me laugh because I do think you had to have been alive in the 90s to make those work. I like my poor niece and nephew cannot yeah. figure out how to relax their eyes. But it, you were saying that I'm like, oh, I think I know what that would feel like in my body to soften my eyes and to let things that were not seen become seen in mm -hmm. a weird my eyes are unfocused. And that is, in fact, the only way you can see what is there in the in-between. Exactly. And with practice, you will start to feel what it feels like to have the world fall away. And that's what intuition, a lot of people will, will say, oh, you see deceased people everywhere you go, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't, I don't, because I'm looking at the solid world. What happens for me if a spirit brings its attention to me, I get a feeling that somebody is very close and somebody wants something. That's the first feeling. I literally have to defocus to see them. So it's, it's, uh, it's a little different than the movies. <laughs> well, sure. Because otherwise it wouldn't make sense to people just watching. Um, that is really interesting. Would you be willing to share some stories of people uh, who are deceased that you've had conversations with and how that's sort of changed your life and other people's lives. Just love oh, to know. I, yeah, I will, I will say that's interesting. Cause I have, it's interesting. It's not, it's not even a surprise that you say this, you and I are connected in some really cool way. Cause the first, my first book is my memoir called cracking open. And that was about the first two years of what I went through to open up. It's a great book. If somebody's new to intuition, and I've been wanting to write the second book. And I finally realized how I want to write the second book. Every, not every interaction, but a lot of the interactions I've had with people in spirit form on the other side, spirits perhaps that are stuck crossing over all of those spiritual interactions. That's where I've learned really some of the most valuable lessons for myself. I mean, I might not have had top-notch parenting as a kid I might not have had any siblings or a whole lot of guidance I got a lot of guidance from working with people in the in-between I actually for the first time felt what a soulmate love connection feels like by sitting with a woman I can barely even say it because I'll tear up but by sitting with a living woman who lost her soulmate her husband of 60 years and when he came in the room and I felt what that felt like. I mean, that's, that's really powerful. That's really powerful. And I've seen forgiveness. I remember, um, I'm getting all sappy. Sorry. No, but I, remember, I love it. <laughs> I I'm remember chanted. go on do, doing a reading for, um, a client and, uh, a male came through in spirit form. I'm gonna, I, I don't remember all the details. What I remember the important parts. Mm -hmm. He came through in spirit form and he was um, a Nazi soldier. And he showed me the, literally the guns put to his children's heads to make that choice. So he ended up making that choice to save his family. He didn't want to be that. He didn't want to do that. So it was this really meaningful session. We get done, my client leaves. And I'm just moved by this. And a couple hours later, my next client comes in and her grandmother came through and her grandmother was a victim in the Holocaust. And I was like, this is, this is unusual, but this is how I get it. This is how spirit works. And I'm having this conversation with my client and she's confirming and, and all of a sudden I see the man 
from the previous reading come into the room and my heart just broke because I'm like now you have a survivor and a soldier and the woman the female survivor turned and gave a giant hug to this soldier and told him that she loved him and I'm like this is a level of forgiveness I can't even wrap my head around like I can't I can't even I'm not even close I haven't even had anything of that level so when you witness things like this it changes you it it absolutely changes you 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 very quickly start focusing on what matters and what doesn't matter versus what doesn't matter yeah thank you for sharing that thank you for uh being vulnerable and getting a little bit sappy here. I yeah, think. some of them can be tough to see. <laughs> I can I can only imagine. I also imagine that when people are able to contact or through you, people who have passed on, that it changes them because they can provide kind of closure in a way that is not available in other, you know, just in this physical world. I think the thing that I have found most impactful about, about readings, as always, I want everyone to be able to connect directly with their loved ones and their source. That's my whole goal. But when somebody does come in and pieces of, of proof comes through that are undeniable, that gives permission for the living person to shift into possibilities Mm -hmm. and they shift into those possibilities that's where their connection with their loved ones starts to deepen so yeah there's a lot of times where someone has been in, in the office and said in my office with me and said this is really real and I'm like yeah and it's not the whole readings are you know and don't please don't think that readings are like TV because TV edits deliciously, but it's not really like that in an entire hour. You'll have a lot of meaningful conversation with maybe a handful of pieces of proof, but when the proof does come through, it really, it really hits home for people and it gives them permission to go. Yeah, they really are with me. So as a recovering skeptic, shall we say, um, (laughs) (laughs) yep. What do you, what do you say to people who are skeptical and follow up to that? Does being skeptical make it difficult to develop your own intuition? To people that are skeptical, you do you. There are, um, I actually push back against spiritual folks who feel the need to convert everyone. Uh, No one should convert anyone anywhere in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) You're walking your path. It is the exact path for you. And if that other person's going to come on to that type of a path, welcome them with open arms. Otherwise, leave them alone. I'm a former skeptic. And when I went from skeptic to non-skeptic, I I went to therapy. So people, people are not thinking about how mentally challenging this is when you go from knowing that oh i lock my doors at night i'm safe to it doesn't matter if i lock my doors or night there's everything ever it it's not a comfortable thing for some people just leave people be <laughs> well and i imagine if somebody had to drag you onto the path you you know you yeah. might have got there kicking and screaming but it wouldn't have been the same right it needs, i think it's it what you're saying it's like it needs to be a personal process it needs so. to be, and and not everyone is down here to open up hundred percent being, I mean, not everyone is here for that purpose. If it was, we'd all be in la la beautiful land. Right. But, or it would all be in a different 
path that everyone's following. We are specifically down here on purpose on different paths. It's the contrast that makes everything so powerful for us and people lose that. I find that people who are trying to convince another to get onto a different, to their path, because my path is right and yours is wrong. I sure. find that that is deeply based in an internal insecurity for the convincer. The person that's trying to do the convincing is deeply insecure. And if I can get you over here, then I'm right. And it, and I, for most people that I've seen this happen with, it's not harmful. They're not trying to harm. They are trying to help, but it's a very deep subconscious place of if you come over here then everything that I've been trying to make right in my head is right well sure that makes perfect sense I mean we do that with all kinds of things we're always yeah. looking for external validation for yeah. for ourselves right other we're just always looking from the beginning mom and dad I did a thing was it good was it I I, I thought it was good do you think it's good yeah. teachers uh siblings friends you know it Life is a constant search for external validation. So I suppose that it makes perfect sense that it would be an insecurity. You know, if you validate me, I can be confident that I have done good, that I have done right. And everybody wants to do the good, right thing. Everybody does. And everybody has really good intentions. And I love your example because, yes, our parents teach us to be kind and respectful. But sometimes that can get us into situations where we probably should have been a little tougher. You know what I mean? So it, there's examples of this everywhere. And people say, well, then what do you do, Bo? And here's my answer. Always walk away from fear and hate. Always walk toward love. That's it. That's the bottom line. Walk toward love. Love for yourself and love for others. If you can just focus on that and love somebody for exactly who they are, exactly where they are. This is the skeptic piece. Love that skeptic for where they are. And that's that's where all the good stuff happens because then you have an open door that if that person chooses that is my path they can easily walk through that door so i think you kind of accidentally also answered the follow-up with if you are a skeptic but you're trying to improve your intuition you're just taking baby steps down your own personal path and you're doing the right thing and you're doing just fine and yeah. My sense is that it's okay to take a few steps down the path with some of that skepticism still intact, that it would be that you can't just shed everything about who you are and just be like all new and improved, Sarah, you know, you're just like, 100%. I'm totally different now. I did a 180. And so to have some of that skepticism that you take with you as you go, um, would actually be just fine. No problem at all. 100%. I personally ha have always retained a level of skepticism. And I think it's healthy. I really do. I mean, we're in a human body. We have a programming mind. We have a linear based mental structure. If a lion comes up to you, girl, you're going to run. And that's, that's good. That's because yeah. it's not a lion in spirit form and, it, and you're nummy. So yes, please run. Also, if somebody comes up to you and goes here, believe this, I really do hope you have a level of skepticism and that you will explore that at your own comfort level. That is where everyone wins. That is where everyone remains in, in a healthy, healthy mental space because going down a rabbit hole just because some person told you that that's what's real 
you should you should always hold a healthy skepticism and and explore it yourself at your comfort level. Yeah, blind faith has not ever gotten the world anywhere better. No, 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 no. <laughs> Generally speaking, that's uh, that's unhealthy. So yes. yeah, um, that's really interesting because I think some people really have an interest in being more into it. I guess I shouldn't say some people. Let me just tell you, this is a story about me. I had sure. intuition. I was very skeptical of intuition. I was not raised in a family where we did intuition. We did yeah. top-down faith, not, you know, you could find something within you. And middle so yep. you yep. had the middleman. Had the middleman. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to feel things that I identified that I now identify as intuition, I immediately was like, well, that's wrong. That's bad. And so, you know, coming in with some skepticism, it was really difficult for me to sort of find that within me and to start trusting. And I know that's not a unique story. I think a lot of people, you yes. know, come to their intuition with some doubts. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Doubt is a big one, a very big one. And it'll push you in and out of this intuitive path for a long time for some. And, you know, I, when it comes to doubt, I struggled deeply with doubt and I went, I did what I know to do, which is to try to figure out what's happening on every level. Like what's happening here, here, and here. Like I'm, I'll pick it apart until I, I drive myself crazy. But for me, what I, what I dove into, cause I've got the chemistry minor in school. I've got the mathematics. I dove into the, wow, you're a big nerd. I'm a big nerd. Huge I love nerd. that. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love that so much. Anyway, sorry let's, to interrupt, but no, no, no. Let's talk, you. let's talk about molecules. Um, <laughs> So, and let's talk about sacred geometry. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over it. I love it. And what I realized was if you look at the brain patterns, it's literally a physical reaction to have a habit of doubt. And I tell people, number one, the biggest kicker of, of the, the thing that will continue your doubt is being hard on ourselves. So please release yourself from being hard on yourself around this doubt piece because it's not you. It's your brain. The synapses have fired in a particular pattern for so long. Mm. It's going to take you time to shift that firing pattern in your physical body because we can have an amazing intuitive experience that's like, you can't even make that up. Wow, that happened. Holy cow. Three days later, you, you think it's not real. And that's very human, very natural. So I tell people, get a journal. When the really cool, weird, intuitive stuff happens to you, put it in that journal. That's such a good idea. Yes. And I, I, li I, I like to call it the no doubt notebook, right? Super kitschy, but it's true. And this is what I had to do. And the one that did it for me, I was doing a reading. I was like only a year into doing readings. This was about 15 years ago or so. And the person in the reading, the, the, the living woman, her grandmother came through, was holding a white dog and feeding the dog green beans. And I got the courage to say that out loud to the sitting person because I was a little nervous. I was going to be wrong because that sure. was pretty specific. Very specific and a little and odd. Like, you look like an idiot. But it ended up being real. And she goes, yeah, my grandma had a poodle and that was the poodle street. And so I went home. I told my husband at the time, I'm like, wow, you can't make this up. Right. And then three days later, I had another client because I only had like one or two a week in the beginning. And I, I, and I remember saying to my husband, I don't even know if this stuff is real. And he looked at me bent out of shape. He was like, seriously, poodle eating green beans. Stop it. I don't want to ever hear you. I'm like, 
Good oh, yeah. point. You've got a very good point. I need to figure out what's going on and why my brain is telling me this because that was a piece that was big enough that I should have not gone back. You know what I mean? And that's when I learned about the synapses and I'm like, yeah, this is your body has a habit and you have to break that habit. And every time it happens, you can look back in that journal and rewire the synapses in, into reality. That's such a good idea. That's such a good idea. And it helps strengthen your intuition because you start really looking for those things instead of just letting them pass you by. Yep. Um, oh, that's what a coincidence you, you, you note them, you are thinking about somebody in the morning and the afternoon, you get a call from them and they never call or whatever. Yeah. Right. So like writing those kinds of things down so that you have, you know, tangible evidence of the things that have happened. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. Bo, do you, do you still do readings for people? I don't do readings at this point just because the, the, the community and the course went global a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and the workload is just, is too big for me to be able to do one-on-one -on -one readings. But I, uh, I work with practitioners. So I train them for about a year and we work one-on-one -on -one for about a year. And those practitioners are available for readings and they're amazing. They're very, they're very, very good. So I'm kind of at that space where I can't handle it all. So I'm going to teach other people so that they can yeah. go out there and ethically do, do sessions. Um, that makes, yeah. that makes perfect sense. So if somebody's interested in a, a reading with you know, somebody who's been trained by you or even your, your course, which like you said, you teach it globally now yeah. to people all over the world. How do they, how could they schedule a reading? How could they um, take a course so that they can start to do their own readings? I, everything. I try to keep at my main website, which is the sage method.com. So T H E S A G E M E T H O D.com. Okay. Yeah. I can put that in the, the show notes as well, but that's fairly simple. The sage method.com. And it's yeah, all, I try so to make, yeah, it's everything's there. All the parts are there. It's like a, tr it's like a train station. You just go there and you go, this is the direction I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I feel like some people are interested in having readings, but they're not quite ready to dedicate themselves to becoming a medium or tapping into their medium abilities at yeah. this time, but would still benefit from. Yes that kind direction. of experience. So, yeah. so thank you for sharing that. Um, is there anything else that you would like us to know? Well, just broadly, just in general about this, this discipline, about intuition, about you, about what you do, anything else that is important to know? I think if I could give one message out there today with everything that you and I talked about, it would be give yourself permission to have small windows of time that you believe in yourself with this. This is all or nothing, throw all or nothing out the window as fast as you can when it comes to intuition. Give yourself little windows of time where you say, you know what? I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes and I'm going to be highly intuitive for, th for those 10 minutes. And then I'm going to go back to my life. It's, it's not about changing everything or making everything perfect. It's about giving yourself the space to feel it. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Giving yourself the space to feel it and not thinking you have to be able to do everything all at once and, you know, being patient yeah. with yourself and having compassion for yourself. Yes. Well, thank you so very much, Bo. I appreciate this time. This conversation it was absolutely fascinating. Uh, so thank you. I appreciate it. 
thank you for having me on here. And like I said, we knew it just, oh my gosh, we We knew, we knew we're psychic. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you later.